0: Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Wednesday, June 22nd.
1: What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, and includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Madison Colombo. And I'm Isabel Danzis. Coming up, we'll have some features from reporters, but now let's get started with the headlines. Mayor Eric Adams' new subway safety plan launched yesterday. The plan was supposed to increase police presence in subways by having officers on solo patrol at each stop. This plan was based on Adams' experience as a transit cop in the 80s, but the plan met complications last night. An officer was injured, so the city went back to the drawing board. Adams and the NYPD made the decision to go back to paired patrolling. Officers will still be spreading out in the subways, but this time in viewing distance from one another to prevent another incident. In lighter news, the Stonewall National Monument will be getting a new visitor center. The Stonewall Monument was dedicated in 2016, but this new visitor center will be focused on giving history and background on the Stonewall riots. The center will also be a place where the National Park Service will be located. The monument remembers the site of the riots in 1969. Stonewall was a private gay club.
0: Police raids caused riots that lasted for six days. It is remembered as a turning point in the fight for
1: LGBTQ rights. The monument and upcoming Visitor Center keeps the memory of a monumental day in LGBTQ plus history alive, while also teaching future generations about what happened. The center is set to open in 2024. Well, Isabel, are you a fan of Broadway? Yes, I am. One of the
0: best parts about Beacon, New York is going to shows.
1: Well, the Broadway League now says all 41 Broadway theaters are going to be mask optional starting July 1st. Broadway dropped their vaccination requirement in May. This seems like another step in the direction of going back to pre-pandemic times. I have some more music news that'll make you sing. The Metropolitan Opera is hosting their summer recital Tonight in Brooklyn. The concert features big Met opera stars like Brittany
0: Renee, Ben Bliss, and Justin Austin.
1: Their performance is one of several free events the opera's putting on throughout the whole summer. And this series is not new to New York. The Met opera recitals have been happening for 13 years. Tonight's show is taking place in Brooklyn Bridge Park from 7 to 9 p.m. The Smorgasburg Food Festival is back and in person. WFV's Christina Lulich
0: went to the World Trade Center location and spoke with co-founder Eric Demby about what draws people to the Zero Food Waste Festival.
2: Two pork, one chicken, one lamb, and two impossible. That's good. Two pork, two impossible, one chicken, and one lamb. Right. Love you That's it. Perfect.
3: That was David at the World Trade Center in Manhattan, ordering dumplings from the Mao Bao vendor at the Smorgasburg Food Festival. Right next to the Oculus at Fulton and Church Street, There are about 20 food trucks and tents lined up outside. You can see people trying all kinds of foods from burgers to duck fries to ice cream and enjoying the lunchtime vibe Smorgasburg brings at the World Trade Center. Co-founder of Smorgasburg, Eric Dembe, says people can enjoy the return of the food festival after the pandemic. People are really hungry for the kind of uh, experience they can have at Smorgasburg, the kind of big communal um, sort of celebratory vibe. This location is one of the four New York locations with others in Los Angeles, Miami, and Toronto. Smorgasburg was started in 2011 as a spinoff of Brooklyn Flea, which was founded in 2008. Since some businesses were not able to fit in Brooklyn Flea, the creators founded this food-centered event. Denby says it's been a zero-food waste event since 2016, meaning garbage won't go to landfills, but instead it'll be composted. Every vendor can only use compostable items to combat waste a lot of food festivals can bring. Like at a festival, sometimes you can feel kind of guilty when you're just like constantly buying plastic and tossing it in, in the garbage. You know, I hate that feeling. So we like everyone to be able to kind of eat guilt-free in that way. The World Trade Center has about 20 to 26 suppliers, with a combination of longtime vendors and some newbies. One vendor at this Morgesburg location is the Sister Yard, which was founded by sisters Yami and Tina. They make coconut water-infused cold brew. Cheryl and Melody Ramua from New Jersey decided to give it a try.
2: So this is actually our first time at World Trade Center Smorgasburg, and we saw the sister yard, coconut cold brew, and we are two sisters as well. So I thought it was cute to try. We're not actually coffee lovers,
3: but yeah, we're actually not. really good this location was one of the slower ones to come back since most of the clientele consists of tourists and people who work around the area mario papa stopped by on his lunch break from his nearby job to try a philly cheesesteak from federoff's
4: oh wow it's good it's pretty good the cheese is like very good and the meat's like perfectly cooked i dig it
3: Demby also says smorgasburg is a great place for people to start on their food business these days it's really become like a small, a real small business incubator. We're really seeing all kinds of businesses really now across the continent um, get started with us, which is an exciting part of the market as well as the eating. D'Abruzzo is one of the vendors whose primary location is the Smorgasburg Food Festival. Amidst all the smoke from the grills, you can see their workers flipping skewers of tender meat like lamb, chicken, steak, and pork. One of the workers spoke about Abruzzese food saying it was a way for the owner to bring his cuisine to the States.
2: Yeah, it's uh, an Italian street food. And the owner, uh, parents grew up over there, so he liked the taste. He wanted to bring the culture here. And, uh, well, here it is.
3: If you're in the Williamsburg area, feel free to stop by the largest Smorgasburg on Saturdays. It just reopened with about 65 to 70 food vendors. You can sit on the lawn, admire the New York City
1: skyline, and most importantly, try some great food. That was WFUV's Christina Lulich. Now we'll turn to Miles Grossman with some sports headlines.
2: Starting off on the links, St. Andrews announced today that golfers who have made the switch from the PGA Tour to the LIV Series will be allowed to compete in the 150th Open Championship next month. This is big news for golf fans given that major names such as Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka have already made the controversial switch. The Open will get underway July 14th from St. Andrews, Scotland. In WNBA news, the Sue Bird Retirement Tour made its stop in New York Sunday. The 41-year-old Long Island native had over 100 friends and family at her final New York professional matchup against the Liberty. The storm outlasted the Libs 81-72 in the end, but the Liberty will be back in action tonight at Mohegan Sun against the stacked Connecticut Sun. Over to the NBA, John Wall's agent Rich Paul informed the Rockets that he will be exercising his 47-point $7 $7 million player option for this upcoming season. Wall hasn't played since the 2020 2021 season while he has collected nearly $100 million. It will surely be interesting to see how the Rockets handle his playing time. That'll do it for headlines in the world of sports. I'm Miles Grossman, WFUV Sports.
1: Thanks so much, Miles. When you think about the blues, you might think of upbeat, melancholy music sung by Bessie Smith, Robert Johnson, or B.B. King. But one Fordham professor uses his research and course to examine the correlation between blues and faith.
0: WFUV's Robin Shannon talks with Dr. Rufus Burnett Jr., who is an assistant professor of systematic theology.
4: How would you describe the blues? That's the biggest question anyone could ask. The blues has a couple of definitions that help distinguish it. So there's, uh, as one commentator on the blues, Albert Murray would say there's the blues. That is the feeling of being low, feeling like you are down on your luck. And then there's the blues that is the music, right? And so the blues that is the music is the answer, the response, the way of confronting that low spirit. And so, when you start to look at how the blues speak, the blues is a way of living and understanding the world. And that's that's how I'll put it. So, Dr. Burnett, how does the blues connect to God and the study of religious belief when you're uh, working on your course? I personally think all human beings, right, have these fundamental questions. What is the meaning of life? What's going to happen when we die? But when you think about the blues as a Black American art form, It's asking those questions under pressure. And so it's one way of thinking about a legacy of that kind of question asking. For me, the beginning point of that question has to do with the middle passage. That means what it means to be a human being in the system of chattel slavery, right? Now, not all people who would identify as being Black across the world come to know themselves through that experience. But I think the makers of the blues definitely are trying to dialogue and come up with a different way of thinking about the traditions of people who have that experience. And that experience in terms of the God question is what it means to be completely alienated from any sign that God loves you. Well, let me ask you, what influence has racism had on the blues? Oh, man. It's it's a tough question because racism sets the context for the blues, but it's not the subject necessarily always of the blues. It's not that kind of like strong, punchy protest statement. It's more so I know this I know this thing racism is out here, but I don't have to like hit it on the nose to let you know that I'm talking about it. It's more so like double talk. One of my favorite blues lyricist is JT Funny Paper Smith, right? Funny Papa Smith has this song called Fool's Blues. There's a double talk in Fool's Blues that most people don't catch. So he says, they say that God takes care of old folks and fools, but since I've been born, they must've changed the rules. What I think he's saying is you all say that there is this entity called God that's supposed to have mercy, on an old fool like me. But as you go through the song, he's, he's questioning whether or not this God can hear me.
1: That was Fordham Conversations host Robin Shannon talking with Dr. Rufus Burnett Jr. about the connection between blues music and religion. And that's our show for today. I'm Isabel Danzis. And I'm Madison Colombo. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your
0: friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever podcasts are found.